0: Welcome to the Marketing for Learning podcast. This is the only place in the world, probably, where you can learn everything that you need to know about applying marketing practices and thinking to the world of learning. So to quote my favorite piece of e-learning, let's get started. It's funny, right? Because no one has a favorite piece of e-learning. Hannah, I am happy to welcome you to the Marketing for Learning podcast. Guys, this is Hannah Wadham. She is the marketing director and uh, she works very closely with me at Mass Marketing. Hannah, do you want to say hi to our audience? Hi, guys. Great to be here. (laughs) (laughs) She's, She's here today. We're going to talk a little bit more about what it actually means to think like a marketer and why we believe L&D is going to benefit greatly from marketing skills in the world of learning. And I think, uh, Hannah, you were telling me about some really interesting data you saw from the LPI the other day. I don't know if you want
1: to go into that. So um, the LPI has released their, what I think is quarterly dashboard um, that talks about the skills that L&D professionals need. And they have their five strongest that L&D have and the five weakest that they don't have. And unsurprisingly, um, as I think it has since they started this dashboard, marketing and communications has come up as one of the five weakest skills that l and professionals have. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's not a surprise. I'm sure it's not for you, Eva-Rash. But I think overwhelmingly, I really felt when I was reading it, it's not that L&D professionals don't have this skill. It's not that we're asking them to do something they really can't do. They just really need to change the way they're thinking and the way that they approach, well, communications and marketing, as we had to call it. And I think they've got the skills in them inherently. I just think they need it to be, to be opened and look at things from a different perspective.
0: Yeah, because I think, so we're talking about the LPI capability map, right? So it's like the top 25 skills that an L&D practitioner needs the most to be a successful l and in this day and age. Mm-hmm. And then they're ranked from how how well acquired they are with as a demographic of L&D and marketing skills are deemed very much in demand but LD seems to lack these skills and I think you know to further your point it's quite interesting because really we're not suggesting that you need to be like a strategic head of marketing and you need to know everything there is to know about marketing but actually we're talking more like basics and, and foundational stuff to do with marketing you know like Gosh, I think we've got an episode planned about learning campaigns, but I swear to God, if I see another person discuss a learning campaign and it comprises as a single freaking email, I'm going to have a nervous (laughs) breakdown. You know, so I think I think there's probably like some components. And really, that's what we're trying to do with this podcast, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think it's even more basic than a learning
1: campaign sometimes. Like I was talking to a client the other day, writing good subject lines on those emails you send out is going to change how much they're opened. Mm-hmm. If nobody's opening the email they're not going to find out what's inside like, yeah. breaking news here guys if nobody's opening your emails they're never going to get to the lms like it's really <laughs> fundamental but it's it's things that i think us as marketers we take for granted and we consider just by nature like we've both been doing this for so long um and it's so it's those basics of marketing that i think will make a really big difference for lnd professionals
0: yeah, I I think some of the key things, and we're going to cover all of this in the first season of the podcast, by the way. But some of the key things that I think L and D need to start doing more of is thinking more about their learners as customers. And I do see this discourse sometimes, so it is starting to happen. But also, like the amount of times I sit and say, like you know, you need to think about what's in it for me. Like you need to get into the mindset of your learners. You need to think about what drives them, what motivates them, you know, because it's not like, oh, well, the business said that um, you you want to do learning now, so you should do the learning. Like, they don't care. Like, I'm busy. i got work to do. And then I got to go home and feed my kids and try and cram in the gym somehow. And like, your learning doesn't enter their mental discourse whatsoever. So really, if we want to enter their mental discourse we've got to interrupt them you know we've got to convince them that it is worthy of their time like I actually just had a kickoff call today with a client uh, about campaigns and we were talking exactly about this like you need to convince your learners that learning is of value to them and you can only do that by understanding who they are right absolutely I actually I'm on workshop three with one of my
1: clients And they're they're making jokes because of how often I say they have to refer back to the what's in it for me. Uh, But it's that important. Uh, We've gone through drip campaigns, which is email workflows, essentially sending a series of emails to people based on their actions. We've gone through writing for impact. We've gone through understanding learners. And on every single workshop, I keep coming back to the what's in it for me. Your learner does not care. And as you just said, Ash, about considering your learners as customers, i if I had a pound for every time I've said it, I'd be a millionaire. Your learners are giving you something that's more important than money, on the whole. The people that are getting... It for is that, free, is that free their time? Because I thought time was money. Well, time is money, but <laughs> it is their time. Like, I know for a fact, if you put a boring health and safety course in front of me, Ash, I'd rather watch Netflix, I'm sorry. And I'm somebody that's teaching people and telling people how they need to communicate better because I wouldn't understand the what's in it for me.
0: Yeah, so I no, I agree. Uh, I think it's a fundamental aspect. And, you know, there are so many other components like creative copywriting, you know, and I know not everyone's a natural writer, but, you know, how can you write more compelling copy that actually provokes or insights in, curiosity or, you know, any other measure of things or, you know, even things like benchmarking and, and using data to understand the lay of the land. Like there's such a fear in our industry. I think personally uh, uh, of people really assessing their performance and it, you know, it's the only way we can learn. Like did this do anything at all? Like how can you like spend hundreds and thousands of pounds on learning platforms, you know, massive content libraries. And then it just goes out into the ether. Like it, organizationally I think L&D is in many cases still deemed a cost center and as long as we perceive ourselves that way we're never going to change the dynamic of how we interact with our learners right
1: no absolutely and let's be completely frank because people that have come from in-house marketing it wasn't that long ago that marketing was just seen as a cost center hmm. and there's been a real shift in perspective in the business world that oh actually what marketing can make a difference oh yes it can oh and we're making a lot of return on investment here um, and said so that's all that you and I want for L&D as well, yeah. actually
0: getting some impact out of this. because Yeah, price- and making more of what you've got, right? Like, I think it's not about investing loads or getting a, a marketer in your team necessarily. But if you are going to spend £100,000 on procuring a new learning platform of whatever sophistication – do you not want it to work? Because, you know, again, back to your point, like if they don't open the email, they don't know what's inside. If they don't go to your platform, they're not gonna take the learning and therefore they're not gonna change their behavior and therefore performance is not gonna be impacted as a consequence and therefore your business is not gonna see any positive impact as a result. Absolutely. That to me is so obvious as a timeline or like a sequence <laughs> a, a sequence of events But I see it time and time again where platform procurement in particular you know, we've got this thing and and LND gets so ingratiated in the migration and the population and the data points and the data mapping and all of that and they're so blinkered on the procurement and implementation of the platform and it becomes so important to them as a function like this new platform is going to transform everything they forget that it's still the veritable tree in the forest falling if no no one knows where the destination is then how can they get there?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. absolutely i think it's even worse when you see organizations they they'll spend all this money on procuring a learning platform and then they'll spend like tens of thousands of pounds getting an e-learning course custom developed that has all the whiz bang in it it is brilliant it's instructionally sound it looks great it works well but still they're sending out an email saying please go and take this course so nobody does it so no matter how good the course is nobody's going to take it and we just end up in this never-ending cycle
0: yeah. And that's what we're here to stop Ashley. That's right. <laughs> Why'd you call me Ashley? That's weird. Oh I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <to you. laughs> but I do think like even that is is quite an interesting thought process, isn't it? Because I just, you know, what are we really trying to accomplish with with marketing you know and 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 is there a risk of trying to upskill so much in a marketing function that L&D becomes something like communications or you know really do we need to rethink the L&D function as a whole and and look at combining um comms and L&D and HR and and maybe talent acquisition, you know, into some sort of homogenous blob. But like, really, I think a lot of these functions, their agendas are very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, And in some organizations, I do see an incredible amount of overlap. Um, But, you know, primarily, I guess what I'm trying to ask is how much of a role does marketing skills really play in transforming the perceptions of L&D? especially if for example the bespoke e-learning uh course example that you just gave what if you're what if what if that email that you sent was written really eloquently and it was like really snazzy and lots of people were like oh yeah i do want to do this next buttons get me excited <laughs> and so next thing you know they've gone <laughs> and then they have this really really rubbish experience now if you're a consumer you won't revisit that because you're, you know, you've got excited. It was an over promise and an under deliver mm-hmm. scenario and you have shattered your one chance at a really great first impression. So I do think we have to be mindful around like peddling the idea of marketing for learning. And I hate that I just used the word peddling, but there we are. <laughs> um, and actually think, you know, that it has to be appropriate within the context of your learning landscape too, because if you're doing all this amazing stuff with the learning experiences are incredibly old-fashioned outdated not consistent with the expectations of a modern learner you're going to actually probably disengage further wouldn't you thought absolutely 100 it has to match up um, I was
1: talking to somebody the other day about um well they they were talking about how amazing we are Ash and oh, saying how never um, of they that. love they love the humor we use and should they do it and I was like no, you're a super corporate brand. You're <laughs> going to
0: confuse your learners. They're, they're, Are they going like, to start putting uh, pineapples on everything?
1: Uh, I think there'd be a copyright trademark. <laughs> <on> the...
0: <laughs> have patented but, uh, pineapples at this
1: stage. <laughs> but it, it needs to fit in with your DNA, and I think that goes for marketing as a whole. And I think all of us, especially if you look at it from a consumer point of view, and this may help to conceptualise it for some people, free trials exist on pretty much every software we use. It's like a world I'm assuming you can get a Netflix free trial I know I got a Now TV free trial so I could watch the Friends reunion, that kind of thing I didn't like Now TV so I didn't renew the free trial. There's nothing they can do to get me back now because I saw it and I didn't like it and I'm not going back
0: it, It's that kind it of created concept. a bad first impression, I'm out of here <laughs> The reunion was great though <laughs> oh, I had mixed feels about it <laughs> I don't know what happened to everybody's faces. It was strange. Passive surgery, Ash. My goodness <laughs> me! Yeah, you're telling me. Barring Joey, who is just like whatever. I don't yeah, even care. He's made like with he, my grey hair. Yeah, he, he looked like he should own like a Italian uh, <laughs> diner in New York. <laughs> yeah, what, he was like literally just still Joey. Um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, I do think that marketing is, irregardless of how to what level you introduce marketing into your learning function. I do, I do believe that it, it will absolutely help elevate things that you're already doing, help to solidify and build better habits with your learners, you know, because at the end of the day, if we apply learning theory to marketing, right, there's a reason why when we develop marketing campaigns, we have periods of time where we're consistently conveying a message and whilst whilst it won't be the same image or the same piece of content over and over again that red thread that message that sits in between it is conveyed consistently over time mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to do with our learners by building habits with them right eventually most people I speak to these days are looking to move from a a, a push to a pull environment they want to create and develop more self-driven learning Solutions, i.e., here's the things you curate, what you want. So, if we're going to do that, then we need to make sure our learners associate learning positively, but also understand where to go, what to do, and and create those habits. Because they're not going to do it if there's no habit with it. You know, like I fall in and out of going to the gym. I go a lot, and then as soon as I stop for like a week or two. And I blame the baby for this. <laughs> I don't go anymore, you know. And then it takes me a few weeks to rebuild back into that habit. And I'll do like one or two days. And then I'm like, oh, my God, this makes me feel so good. Like, why am I not doing this? And so, you know, it, it, we've got to build that habit with those people. Once the habit's established, you're golden. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to establish that habit with a single email. No. no matter how snazzy, snazzy it is and how wonderfully it's written. Exactly.
1: Well, and that feels like, like a... Sorry, did you want to add one thing? No, I was just going to say, even if sometimes people I've seen um, a couple of organisations do like a trailer, but they mm. just do a trailer and they just they, they just put it on the intranet or something and they don't tell anyone it's there and half the people never see it and and then it does nothing. <laughs> you can't just do one thing. No. It, it doesn't work like that. I thought if when you were first describing this... Like, <laughs>
0: I thought you were going to say it was like the Adele campaign that you were talking about the other week, you know, where there was just like the ambiguous 30 on billboards and things like that. Like, what is it? But no, you've just made a video and it sits and it lurks in your internet gathering dust. Yeah. Yeah. No one's seeing it ever.
1: No. The thing is, if
0: if you build it, they won't come. (laughs) You need to remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. right okay well i think you know in in the uh in a bid to keep these short and snappy i think we'll, we'll come to a close there but thank you so much for coming and chatting with me this obviously won't be the well, you're basically a, a resident podcast host just as much as i am so uh i guess we'll say thank you very much and remember marketing for learning it's gonna be a thing it is a thing oh right okay <laughs>